0: Hi, and welcome to the Miseducation of the SLP. I am your one of your hosts, Ingrid. And I'm your other host, Ashanti. And we have returned for episode four. Hi. We are here. <laughs> we out here. So I keep talking about we out here because of the presenter at Embazla. Who spoke, and that is his theme. Okay. He is always saying, We out, cheer, and it's stuck on me.
1: Oh, that's okay. Let's keep it moving, you know, keep it flowing.
0: So I just watch y'all to understand where I got that from, though. The audience needs to know <laughs> Ashanti. Like, okay, okay. I'm just out here saying this on my stories and all that stuff. What is his name? See, now I'm going to dig on this while we're doing this show. Uh, okay, let's focus on the audience now. Yes, focus. focus. <laughs> so we are coming on this episode specifically to talk to you guys about the window between three to five years okay so three five seven these are kind of little different intervals and we've we've discussed like getting into graduate school that first couple you know years and all that stuff with your cf and some aspects i did you know really I didn't necessarily dig so much in the space where I wanted to, to kind of share that, you know, the CF, which is supposed to be an opportunity for you to become an expert, doesn't really always offer you that. So I'm going to start <laughs> to explain that based on me sharing my foundation as an SLP. Um, and Ashanti, did you feel like your CF was the time to grow into your expertise?
1: It gave me a lot of information. I don't know that it made me an expert. That comes with more time. <laughs> okay, so how's that for I, a non-committal answer?
0: Oh boy, it helped me know nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. know nothing. So we're going to narrate or discuss basically our experiences early on. And Ingrid, like, you know, the good little volunteer that she is who always loves to lead. I'll be going first. Hello. (laughs) 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 So um, when you're entering into the third year with me, I am at this point a traveler. So my CF really was a situation where I became an expert at knowing nothing at all times because I was jumping (laughs) from one setting to another within the same week of work all up and through the South of Florida. I was doing skilled nursing facilities. I was doing schools where I was going in to see kids one-on-one. I was doing uh, outpatient clinics. And I was doing home health. So here I am, my first year out doing that. And it took me an entire year, actually, to complete my CF instead of the traditional nine months. Because I didn't get paid by the hour when I originally started. Um, I got paid for what I build. And in that relationship, my hours were light for submitting them to ASHA. So it took me a little bit longer. Mm-mm. Trust me, in that CF, it also taught me how to negotiate when you realize you're being underpaid. Yes. Because the hours I was working were significantly higher than, yes. you know, what I was billing because of tr- tr- getting myself from, I had a hundred mile radius to cover. It was- oh God. It was ridiculous. Oh, it was something. But she, agree, she pre, um, agreed to my negotiation there because there was no question. I came in really, really frustrated. Um, I did not. I, I allowed it to build up, though. I let it build up over time. So I had solid, clear, this is you. We cannot do this. This is you know, completely not going to work for me. You have to make me salaried. And that was how I approached that. But I did let it build up for a a period of time that some might suggest was too long. Like it wasn't after a week. Definitely was not.
1: But, But at least you did it. I know of, you know, other clinicians that would never dream of advocating for themselves in that manner for fear of getting fired or, you know, getting their hours reduced, you know, some sort of punitive action.
0: Well, that had a lot to do with just my personality. I'm mm-hmm. not the most um, comfortable with doing my very best and not being and, right a- appropriately compensated for because I'm taught as an upbringing, you know, do not let money define you, but also don't allow yourself a situation where you know you're being taken advantage of and it was really easy for me to be taken advantage of very very easy and i that is because i'm also accommodating as mm-hmm. hard as difficult or as you know intense as i may come off i am very accommodating but to a point and once you reach that point you gonna get the full feeling yes so, yes, <laughs> she did. She did receive the full feeling and it was not as refined as my 39 year old version of giving feedback. Mm-mm. It was my 24 year old, 25 <laughs> year old version. And I have, you know, came from a very disciplined home, lots of structure. And now I'm an independent woman in the world. So that conversation was a lot. That you means, hot. you were coming in uh-huh. hot. I really was. It was a lot. You know, there were things, there were curse words being thrown around. I, I was not one of those SLPs that are like, oh my God, I'm scared of retaliation. I was like, please fire me. I know I'm the best worker you've got. I've met all your other <laughs> SLPs. I know how much I'm worth. Oh yes, I do. Because I saw, I saw how the other people worked in her company. And I knew how hard I was working and I knew how much money I was making her. Right and I valued enough to study. I spent my time like, girl, trust. I do not revolt until I know the way (laughs) to win (laughs) because winning is the point, right?
1: Right. So so, were you doing all of those different aspects of the profession under the same office? Yes. She had her own business. Wow. And she was contracted to all these
0: different environments. So in any given day, I would be in someplace else doing something else. I could have a day where it's just home health or it's a half a day in the sniff or it's a Thursday in an outpatient clinic or it's two days a week when I go to the schools.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it sounds really overwhelming, you know, as far as being a new graduate and, and like you said, being a professional at knowing nothing at any given time, but at the same time it, seems like a valuable opportunity because of all the various areas that you were collecting hours in. Like, well, you don't have to, you typical. don't have to get, you don't have to get uh different kinds of clinical experience for your hours for your CF. Like you just, right. Don't. But it still was like, you know, I'm my, your, your resume reflected a lot more than, Oh, sure. The, the typical, you know, CF. SL, oh yeah. No. Yeah. yeah,
0: I was also vital stem certified when they weren't even doing it for CFs.
1: But I got them.
0: My, my boss was able to advocate for me to get it. She's like, she's extra. She's a really good. Like she, she knew it was worth it to get me vital stem certified. Wow, and I That's and awesome. I was good at it. I was good at it. Um. But it was simply just I, I, I didn't feel overwhelmed. I felt frustrated, and then I utilized resources I had around me that were experts. I, used to, I remember I used to call my professors, or I would email my professors, um, so they would give me the research.
1: Did Mm -hmm. it reflect
0: in my practice? No, because I was in abbreviated environments where I couldn't execute everything to the same level of time that I did in graduate school. So everything had to be more abbreviated. But they could at least give me the expertise and the foundation so that I could do the job and get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just consistently comfortable with just always asking more and more questions, essentially. Um, That's why I was, I, you know, basically became just comfortable with never knowing anything and just keep, and I just kept kind of moving like that. So fast forward to year three, um, I had worked in skilled nursing facilities more of a bulk of my profession and some home health was still there, Um, outpatient less so because I had left her job for full time after I got my C's. And so most of my energy was in skilled nursing facilities. Mm -hmm. And then I started going from facility to facility to facility to facility in different locations. And some of them had supplies. Some of them did not have supplies. That's when you know you're an expert.
1: Mm, Yes. You have
0: nothing available to you. How are you going to do therapy? Right. You don't have a bag of games. You don't have anything. You're walking cold into a facility. They have no
1: worksheets for you. That's when you know. That's when you know you're an expert. That's when you know you're an expert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or you have your jump drive in your back pocket. And With all like, oh. the stuff downloaded yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Like, where, give me a computer. Let me sit down. Let me get myself organized. I need 10 mm-hmm. minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I did have that. I did have um, access to, like,
0: worksheets and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I was never one to want to spend money on SLP supplies because I felt like that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for me to pay for this stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you buy- yeah, you buy toilet paper for this facility because these <laughs> patients need it. Mm-hmm. They also need supplies for the speech pathologist.
1: You're right. Well, the, you know, PTs would have what they need. OTs would have all of the things that they need. So SLPs need some stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: And I also by that time was a – I felt like an expert because I researched everything I didn't know all the time. It was part of my curriculum. It was just part of how I operated because I was always like, ooh, I'm approaching something I don't know anything about. Yeah. I.e., I. Hawaiian people. <laughs> Hawaiian people are absolutely 0% at all culturally the same. Mm. And so you go into an experience where you want to be appropriate and do care that makes sense to them. I had to start like looking at my materials and looking at the things I was using and I was like, this is not gonna be helpful for them. They don't even speak English this way. Right. And they speak another language.
1: Right. The pictures have nothing to do with their daily life. It's, it's not things that they use or eat or even recognize sometimes. It's a very different, You
0: you feel that. So if you wanna do good there, if you want to be a successful clinician there, you've got to learn about it, right? You got to return to being a student. So Mm -hmm. it was always that kind of situation. It was either if I were to get approached by a diagnosis or by a culture that I didn't know, I became an immediate student. Mm -hmm. So I focused on that throughout my entire career. My entire career was that. You know where I'm from? My house, Haitian household. Very much run one way. When I'm going to Palm Beach Island in, in the, you know, it's probably one of the culture, you know, the, the ice, most isolated culture you can see, the wealthy mm-hmm. white population of Palm Beach Island. I had to know how to do therapy for them. And it's more than just me going in. I had to be also, com- you know, assimilated so that they're comfortable with me. Because... You know, they, they're they not feeling well. They're going through something. They have to trust you. Your patients have to trust you. So yes. ultimately, I have to understand you really well to do the care. And at year three, I had solidified that in my practice. It was such a strong, baked-in thing. Um I was okay with not knowing stuff, so imposter syndrome was hard for me to even consider. Like I had said in previous episodes, like it just wasn't something I had the sensation. I was just super comfortable baking in this thing like there's going to be something outside of what I know, something, Mm -hmm. something in your medical chart I haven't seen before, something Mm -hmm. like there's always going to be something that I'm approaching that I need to study and learn and grow and figure it out so that I could be the best clinician always was my goal. That's the only thing I focused on. I just really want to be the best clinician. Not the best student, definitely not my dream. (laughs) Not the best employee, definitely didn't focus on that, clearly, as my career showed me. But I wanted (laughs) to be the best provider. I wanted to be the best you could possibly be, have as a clinician, as somebody like me. You know, that was always my idea, what I strive to achieve. So that's a good resource and route to why I uh, you know kind of operated the way that I did at the end of my career. But at year three, four, and five, those were great years. I was able to share with my patients in all kinds of different settings, my expertise, and it was it was baked in just for them.
1: Mm. Was there ever any? Specific resource that you, you were just like, I cannot live without this. No,
0: no, because there were so many deviations from patient to patient. I have mm-hmm. a hard time with data just simply because I'm so focused on nuances. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me to get rid of in my practice. So, being rooted on an element to support me in this thing that I consider to be relatively novel, it's a novel concept to be this patient centered, I guess. Um, I didn't have anything to go to. But I always knew where to go to research things in general. Like, I knew I could Google about people's culture. I knew Mm -hmm. that I could Google people's diagnoses. I knew that I could Google resource materials and mock them up and change them a little bit and this, that, and the other. But it was I was creating something during those years.
1: You weren't operating with the expectation that there's going to be this perfect cookie cutter item that is going to work for this and this next cookie cutter item that's going to work for that. You were okay with the idea and the fact that sometimes you have to fly by the seat of your pants, get the information that's needed and go forward. Right. Because I
0: Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to always be evidence-based. I felt like Mm -hmm. evidence-based didn't serve my patients anyway. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's
0: great to be evidence-based because there's so much great material out there, but that's not my reality. So I have to use and create in the moment because my science didn't support that. Mm. If that makes sense, there's not enough diversity in it throughout my clinical practice, right? Right. With diagnosis study, like there are newer di- there are diagnoses we're studying now that has research, but it wasn't there when I was pre- clinically practicing, right? And for any given idea, for any research project or research concept, it takes five to six years before you'll see the publication. Mm-hmm. So there's a circumstance where you're like, okay, we're treating you know let's say we're treating people that have some new diagnosis right the research in speech language pathology is not going to catch up for years because then right. somebody ha- in our discipline has to hold on to that diagnosis card it through their research you know get it approved and then mm-hmm. get it published So in those in the five years in between, while we're still practicing on those patients, every SLP has no evidence to support their
1: practice. (laughs) So what you're saying is a lot of times there's not a gold standard. A lot of times (laughs) there's no norm referenced criteria.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying it's difficult to find if you're that into nuances like I am. Right. I'm not looking for uniformity. I'm looking for what makes you a unique patient and what adjustments do I need to make specifically for you. Even if I use the resources like evidence based practice to help support me, because that is where it begins. Mm -hmm. However, it isn't a necessary because I'm going to definitely try it. I'm absolutely yeah. gonna try it. I don't yeah, care using- if a mo- yeah, if a modified barium swallow study is not done on every kind of person in research, it's not gonna stop me from using a modified barium swallow study. I am gonna use it, even if the person is poorly positioned or, you know, those those clients aren't really in the research because it's difficult to have research with a bunch of, you know, CP children that are like mm-hmm. all the way bent over, but we still mm-hmm. want to do an x-ray swallow study on that. Population, so it's still a good tool, and I never get, I never put my, you know, poo-poo on using evidence-based. You've got to be knowledgeable, um, but that's one norm, right? That's one norm, and that's something to help me go off of.
1: Sometimes it's a starting point,
0: correct. But you
1: shouldn't just stop there,
0: correct. You mm-hmm. do that idea of like, hi, you're the scientist in the room. You actually have to take ownership of the fact that because there's not enough information out there, that you use your expertise in the clinical practice to develop things, create mm-hmm. things, and contribute to the practice to the best of your capacity for your patient.
1: Right. Right.
0: So that your patient doesn't 10 years later say, you know, I really hated speech pathology. They didn't see me. They didn't listen to me. They didn't understand me like autistic children have said, like the deaf and hard of hearing community have said
1: that we mm-hmm. were tone
0: deaf. And now we're starting to listen because now they're communicating it clearly back to us. Thank you, speech therapists, for getting them there.
1: Yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now they're ex- expressing how now this didn't work for us. Yeah. And we get to learn and grow from that. So I think ultimately, if we just started in the beginning saying, okay, you're unique. There's something off here. What can I do to just help you improve and center it around that? Um, But, you know, we all have opinions on that. and It's really, really hard not to consider the society the thing to get the person closer to Mm -hmm. instead of just get them closer to being who they want to be.
1: Ooh, wait a minute. Say yeah, that I again. said something. I said something. Say good, that didn't again. Esperate, esperate, espera. Hay que decirlo otra vez. <laughs> you gotta say that again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs>
0: okay, okay, okay. Let me okay. let me make sure I wrap it the right way. Yes, wrap it
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> with a bow and everything. I am I'm I'm, I need it. I need it.
0: <laughs> we genuinely need to make sure in our practice mm-hmm. that it's not about getting them closer to the norm that we're used to in society, which is white-centered in the U.S. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get them closer to being themselves and who they want to be.
1: Well, well.
0: And that's what patient-centered care looks like. Mm. <laughs> and the better we learn them and understand them, <laughs> so much easier. Mm. So much easier to do it so that we don't get backlash 5, 10, 15, 20 years later. Because mm. we listened to them from the beginning to yes. say, you're my patient. I'm here to serve you. How can I be of assistance?
1: Yes. Yes. We valued their opinion and their wants, needs, desires. We weren't just placing your norm, the norm, you know, in parentheses, the mm-hmm. norm upon them.
0: Correct. Because the yeah. research hasn't caught up with the patients.
1: With the patient. Mm-hmm.
0: So we have to unfortunately take time out to be scientists.
1: All of Slowed. us. Yep. Slow down, slow your roll. spend another session or two on that same thing, and make sure you're working towards what the patient wants to achieve, what the child needs to achieve. Food for thought.
0: Ain't that something?
1: Mm. hmm <laughs> <laughs> Somebody so was is, preaching. Somebody was preaching. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her name, but you
0: know. I, hey, <laughs> listen. There's a reason I am writing a book. It's just because I say stuff. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I say stuff sometimes. That's just be like, ah,
1: isn't that magical? You this you is- you stop yourself like, oh wait a minute. Did I just wait a minute? <laughs> Hand to chest, like, oh my, Ingrid. You're like, no, no, Ingrid's like, let me go put on a a string of pearls so I could clutch them real quick. Mm. Clutch my pearls. Look what I just
0: did right there. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately, that's the reason that. I kind of process my years differently as a clinician Mm -hmm. and have a different sensation emotionally about it and why sometimes I'm not a good example because there are other SLPs and completely different tracks operated with a completely different mindset because our discipline does support to a high degree evidence-based practice. This is like the, the biggest, most important element to our practice. It is, kind of cooked into you your entire career that this is it this is amazing
1: it's not not cooked into you it is force-fed they spoon it they're like oh here comes the airplane open up Mm, they don't care (laughs) it is force-fed it's the gold standard it's what it's what they want everything to base around and which, Which is not very to say scientific. It's a negative thing. It's yes, yeah. it's scientific and they're they're paying respect to those that have done the research and those that have participated in the research. But there's not as much importance put into being the scientist in the room, using your skills, using your skill set to create your own way, to create what's needed for the patient and what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And to f- just because we want to fill the gap between what is already available to us research-wise mm-hmm. and the type of people that we're seeing. We want to f- fill the gap because I hate reading articles that says that there's healthcare data telling me that the diverse population – Including, the, you know, the, those diagnoses that are rarer, the disabled in there. Like, I'm speaking on that aspect as well as culturally. Mm-hmm. They don't, like, we, they don't get the best care because right. there's biases in that. Like, reading that hurts me because I'm a provider and mm-hmm. i might be contributing to that as a provider because mm-hmm. i want to stick too close to what the data is and mm-hmm. i'm not registering that the data is missing a few more pieces yes and i'm not and instead of bridging the gap i'm just choosing to do my best with what i got
1: you're choosing to do your best to fit a square peg into a circular hole.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing for you, but <laughs> right. this is better than nothing, essentially. Right, this is right. There's nothing for you, but this is better than nothing because it's something mm-hmm. and it's researched and it'll at least help me get you closer to being more functional out in the streets, which is great. I love the idea that we want to get these people functional, but we end up using strategies that are for making them normed hmm We want to make them functional. We do not necessarily need to make them normed. Hmm. So we can get creative on how we make somebody functional without worrying so much about the norm.
1: Right. Right. It's okay it's okay to not have a percentile rank or a standard score. It's okay.
0: Now, I'm hoping this doesn't result in SLP anarchy in the aspects of us just throwing away the assessments and starting from (laughs) scratch and saying,
1: none of this is okay. We (laughs) We are not telling everyone to take their standardized assessments and burn them. That is not what we're trying to say.
0: (laughs) Not at all. Please understand. Use your resources. I sure did. I sure did. I really did. So, but you don't use get what you stuck got.
1: there. Don't get yeah. stuck there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you just see it now. Cancelled. Mm. canceled. Has- 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 <laughs> canceled.
0: <laughs> evidence-based practice for the burn. <laughs> just, just Angela Bassett. That. Oh no, <laughs> Angela Bassett. That shit just lighting a like, match <gasps> and walking away. <laughs> Just exhaling with attitude like, bye, you ain't for me no more. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what we want for our people. Okay, We want you to have things to go off of because it makes things easier for sure. If you're
1: getting rid of an assessment, recycle it, don't burn it.
0: All right, so on our next episode, it will be Ashanti storytelling, which is going to be the dopest thing on the planet. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, because she got that velvet voice, y'all. She got the velvet voice. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoyed the Food for Thought, and it gave you a little bit of a clear lesson, you know, this idea This concept, this is a clear and concrete lesson to take that ultimately if you do want to be the best SLP, you're going to have to get outside of putting everything on one way's shoulder. You've got to get a little bit more focused in on the patients and see Mm -hmm. how that works out. Mm -hmm. So I hope you guys registered it, took it away. With your Starbucks coffee that you're likely swirling because that's what SLPs do. <laughs> um,
1: and yeah, that's it. How about you, Shanti? You want to say anything? Just saying next time, don't get the cake pop. It's, it's overpriced.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I heard about your $5 venti too. Like it was a venti Oof.
1: or it was a, or is no, it tall? It was a, it was a
0: grande. Oh, it was a grande. It was right in the it middle. Was, and I was
1: like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dang near $6. I was like, wait a minute. What mm-hmm. else do I get with this? And uh, all the rest? we say, all we say
0: is hashtag inflation.
1: I'm like, no. Oh no, 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 no. No That's it, bro. Wow. They're not gonna get me again, is what I just said. They're not no. <laughs> I lie. I lie. Cause you know, it's a convenience thing. When, you know, later on in the week I'm I'm gonna be on a, in a rush, out and about. Oh man, I really could use a latte. Boom, they got me. Mm-hmm. So it's true. It's all it's all worse. It's true. It's because they're everywhere. They are.
0: They're literally everywhere.
1: Well Again, I hope all you SLPs are enjoying your overpriced coffees because we will be too.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to reach us at miseducatedslp at gmail.com. You can also hit up our IG, miseducatedslp, SLP, until two weeks from
1: now. Yes. Bye. See you then. <laughs>